Your film is now ready to be shown. Good morning. I'm Justin Hendricks, editor of Tech Policy Press, a nonprofit media and community venture intended to provoke new ideas, debate, and discussion at the intersection of technology and democracy. In October, New York City launched its Artificial Intelligence, or AI, strategy. A 116-page document, the strategy says, quote, Like software itself, AI will touch virtually every area of life in the years ahead, including everything from basic scientific research to the operation of various products and services, and its impacts will be felt from a personal to a societal scale. For these reasons, the City of New York believes that an ecosystem approach grounded in digital rights is necessary to maximize benefits, minimize harms, and ensure the responsible application of AI, unquote. The strategy also comes with a supplement, a primer for policymakers and city officials that explains what AI is and how to think about ethics, governance, and policy related to the technology. Announcing its publication, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio said, quote, artificial intelligence can transform how we live and work, but incorporating it into daily life in our city requires a thoughtful, comprehensive analysis of its risks and opportunities. New York City Chief Technology Officer John Paul Farmer, whose office has previously released a strategy for the Internet of Things and an Internet Master Plan addressing broadband and access equity issues, said through the NYC AI strategy, we are setting the Big Apple on the path to make the most of artificial intelligence, to protect people from harm, and to build a better society for all. A variety of experts, including prior guests and contributors to Tech Policy Press, issued statements acknowledging the publication of the strategy. D.J. Patil, former chief data scientist of the United States in the Obama administration, said the strategy is, quote, a major step forward in cities establishing how to effectively and responsibly use AI to support delivering critical services. Dr. Brandy Nanaki, founding director of the Citrus Policy Lab at the University of California, Berkeley, and a technology and human rights fellow at the Carr Center for Human Rights Policy at Harvard Kennedy School, noted that NYC has developed one of the first city-level strategies to better support its responsible development and implementation of AI, while Matali Nakande, founder and CEO of AI for the People, said the report is an important step towards building a technical and social architecture in which anyone can make it here, because that's New York, New York. But the document wasn't without its critics. The Surveillance Technology Oversight Project's Executive Director, Albert Fox Kahn, blasted it for not looking critically at the use of AI and related technologies by the New York City Police Department, which has indeed misled the public about its use of technology such as facial recognition. Last summer, a lawsuit by Stop and the Legal Aid Society found the NYPD had spent $159 million on surveillance tools through what Wired Magazine's Sidney Fussell wrote was a secret fund to escape public scrutiny. I'd encourage readers to take a look at the strategy. There's a link at the post accompanying this podcast at Tech Policy Press, and you can find it in your search engine. We may see other cities issue such strategies in the future, and this document is likely to be a reference. To learn more, I spoke with Neil Park, Director of Artificial Intelligence in the New York City Mayor's Office of the Chief Technology Officer. Here's Neil. My name is Neil Park. My title is uh, Director of Artificial Intelligence for New York City, the New York City government. Um, And specifically, I'm in an office called the Mayor's Office of the Chief Technology Officer, Mayor's Office of the CTO. Neil, can you tell me just a little bit about your background? Because you've got a PhD, you've been doing uh, tech and tech policy for some time. How how did you come to this role? 
Yeah, so it's been a meandering journey a little bit. So um, uh, as you said, so I was on Wall Street out of college um, doing sort of quant hedge fund stuff. Then I went to Stanford to do a PhD in computer science that was sort of straight machine learning, convex optimization, stuff like that. While I was at Stanford, I founded a company called 750, which is was based in New York City. It's now sort of gone remote, um, but founded that back in 2011 um, with some partners in the wine business, actually, sort of a data-oriented company. Then after Stanford, I ran that for a number of years with those partners, um, stepped out at the beginning of 2018 um, because I wanted to get back into sort of AI and machine learning in a more concerted way. And it was starting to get into a lot of kind of general management uh, stuff there. I was looking around at, you know, what sort of aspect to, to focus on. And one of the things that had really become a prominent part of the field um, since I had uh, last been active in it at Stanford um, was all this stuff about, you know, AI and society, ethics, uh, social impacts of artificial intelligence. There's lots of other interesting things going on, but that was definitely one that I thought was interesting and important. So, you know, I taught a little bit and uh, wound up at a program called uh, a fellowship at the Aspen Institute called the Aspen Tech Policy Hub, um, which was just getting started at that time. So I was in the first uh, cohort with, um, for example, Brandy Nonaki, who I think uh, you've also had on uh, the podcast. And coming out of that, essentially, I was sort of looking around for, you know, what to do full time. And uh, this job had just been posted and created. So it, the timing kind of worked out in a fortuitous way and uh, got in touch with John Paul Farmer, who's the CTO of the city, um, who had created the position. And that was kind of it. Is this the first time there's been a director of AI for New York City? Yes. So this is uh, it's the first time that there's been a director of AI. Um, that's a newly created position. It is not the first AI work that the city has done. So there are a number of other offices that you know we work with uh, all the time, things that are sort of not specific to AI. Like, for example, there, the city has a chief privacy officer. Um, there's a thing called the Mayor's Office of Information Privacy. So that's obviously a relevant office. And there's also an office called, uh, there's a position called the, the Algorithms Management and Policy Officer, uh, the AMPO, slightly regrettable acronym, but uh, nevertheless, that's not exactly AI focused, so we can go into that if it's of interest, but uh, this is not the first time the city is doing things about AI, but it's the first time that the position exists. So before we're going to get into this report, this AI strategy for New York City, before we do, I'd, I'd love to know, I mean, clearly probably doing this project has been a big part of your day-to-day -day for the last bit, but what does the director of AI for New York City do on a day-to-day -day basis? What's, what's a typical day like for you? Yeah, so I'd say there has not been a super typical day in any position like this that is a sort of newer newer area, uh, newly created position. There is a certain degree of, you know, being entrepreneurial that's involved and figuring out what the position is supposed to really be, sort of full sense. Uh, so the, the position has a kind of broad remit in terms of policy and legislation work, technical work, partnerships with external institutions like universities or uh, other cities, civic tech organizations, and other things like that. So, so over the last two years, depending on the sort of particular period, um, I've done all of that. Uh, we are part of a thing called the Cities Coalition for Digital Rights, which, is, uh, which was sort of co-founded by New York City, Amsterdam, and Barcelona. Uh, it's now a coalition of 50 cities that are committed to upholding digital rights. So there's a lot of sort of city partnership work. And that's been, you know, one, one aspect of the work, uh, especially last year. Also, frankly, 
you know, COVID hit a couple of months into my tenure. So there was a period last year where we just pivoted and we were trying to just um, help out where we could, um, not AI specific things at all. The main work this year has been uh, putting together this AI strategy. So that's really been a mix of engagement work. We talked to a lot of people to inform it. And then obviously just the sort of the writing and shepherding it through the, the release process. So that's a good place to transition to talk about uh, this report. And I know that you did really go around the city and talk to, uh, as I read, 50 city agencies and external organizations. Can you talk about just the process that you took to put this together? Let me actually just add something to what I said before. Also, there's a, there's a mix in a position like this of sort of inbound and outbound. So sometimes there's just things that are going on in the city or externally that uh, people want some input on that involves an AI aspect. So that might come from city hall. It might come from a different agency. Um, might come from city council. So there's some of that that's you know reactive or helping people with other projects. We do a lot of interagency work. And then there's uh, things where, you know, we would initiate a project ourselves like this AI strategy. Um, so there's a little bit of a balance of those two things. Excellent. So we'll transition now to talk about the report and yeah. maybe first uh, a little bit about the impetus for it. And then let's get into the process. You know, you talk to 50 city agencies, external organizations. Let's talk about how you went about this. Yeah. So essentially the impetus for the report was that, this, as I mentioned, there are these other efforts that the city has done, like uh, this AMPO position, some of the, the privacy work, other things. But uh, our office really felt like it was important to take a step back um, and take a holistic look at uh, the topic of AI in general and, you know, put together these different disparate efforts um, that had been initiated in, in previous years and really provide a kind of conceptual framework and foundation for thinking about the topic for city leaders. So the, the audience for the document, I mean, it's a public document. Anyone can, can read it, and I hope they do, certainly the kinds of people who are listening to this podcast um, but the audience for the document is not the general public. It is really sort of city leaders and decision makers um, and people who interact with the city government, too, which is why it uh, you know, places a lot of emphasis on just sort of basic education and level setting about AI and laying out the framework of how to think about it. Uh, it's just a very large topic. And there tends to be what tends to happen is that different people are focused on different aspects of it. So for example, some people spend a lot of time on things like AI and workforce. Some people spend a lot of time on, you know, AI ethics and algorithmic fairness kinds of issues and so on. And it's really important for the city as a whole to think about all of these things together in a, in a concerted kind of fashion. So that, that's sort of the impetus of the report that also informed the, the engagement strategy. So at the end of the strategy, uh, I think it's supplement B, you can sort of look at all of the different organizations that we spoke to and consulted. Um, there's two parts to it. So there's internal engagement. So within the city government and city agencies, there there's a few buckets. So there's a certain set of technology and technology policy offices that we work with a lot. So that's an obvious set of people that we spoke to. That would be for example, Mayor's Office of Information Privacy, the AMPO, uh, New York City Cyber Command. Then there's sort of major domain areas that are just large city agencies that are have, have sort of major functions. This would be things like Department of Transportation, Taxi Commission, Department of Health, Department of Education, things like that. And then the third would be, let's say, other, and that includes things like uh, workforce development. So this would be uh, New York City small 
small business services. They have a thing called the Tech Town Pipeline. There's a, a program called Town and Gown, which is an academic partnership program that the city has. There's the Economic Development Corporation, um, and so on and so forth. So that was kind of how we split that that stuff out. Uh, then there are external organizations. Some of these are prominent, you know, AI. Uh, and society kinds of organizations. This would be stuff like the AI Now Institute, Data and Society, AI for the People, and a range of businesses. So this would be large businesses, Google, Microsoft, Industrial Research Labs, Microsoft Research, Facebook Research, small businesses, minority-owned businesses that you know are contractors of the city. Those are not names that you would necessarily you know recognize. So you really tried to cast a, a, a very very wide net. You could have gone further frankly, but, uh, you know, you have to stop uh, somewhere. But we really wanted to give people a sense of this is not a thing that just happens at Google, you know, and it's not just about, you know, technologies like Siri. It is really a very broad kind of technology that is used in all sectors by a lot of different types of companies for all different types of things. And that's really relevant for the, the city planning, especially because, you know, one of the unique aspects of the city is just how broad the um, the economy is and how many different industries have their their national or even global home here. Before we get into some of the specifics, I, I do just want to point out there's some you know interesting language in here. You know, you talk about the fact that the strategy is grounded in a framework of of digital rights, and you talk about the idea of New York City as an example, um, a gateway to America, the ideals it represents. I know I've always thought of New York that way, uh, that, you know, it can lead on certain things, that it can set an example, um, certainly for for other cities around the country that may have the same progressive vision of how it might apply these technologies. Um, But there's also some language in here around approaching this with humility. So, you know, there's a little bit of that New York bravado of, you know, we're going to lead the way and show the rest of the world how it's done, but also uh, this this language of, of being humble about this. Um, why did you think it was important to include that type of language? Yeah, no, I mean, I appreciate that you picked up on that. I mean, I think we definitely wanted to strike a, a balance there that there's a people do look to the city internationally and not just city governments, but you know, national governments. Uh, we spend a lot of time doing international engagement, actually. Um, so we want to be cognizant of that. And it's important that we you know get things right because people look at what we do. But part of the thing we wanted to lead with and hopefully give other governments actually some space to step back and acknowledge this is that this is not a settled area, you know, and people have a very, some people have very strong opinions about it, but there are really more questions than answers in a lot of different aspects of AI. There is no way to do good policy or or any other programming if you're sort of fooling yourself about what is actually known or not. And one of the places that the city and all governments really um, and institutions need to focus on is getting more information and understanding in places where there is not sufficient understanding uh, to sort of create the policy just yet. It's just very important. This is a this is a young area, and we need to we need to acknowledge that both AI itself and also uh, AI ethics and governance. I mean, this has really just sort of only been around for a, a few years. The conversation has been dominated by a relatively small set of people um, and institutions that have done a lot of great work. But to really sort of set policies for an entire government, um, many many more people and communities need to be brought into that conversation as well. So you do point out that dozens of countries now have national AI strategies. The U.S., of course, 
uh, under the Trump administration, unveiled a, a national AI strategy in 2020. Are there any other cities around the country that have AI strategies that you're aware of? I'm not aware of any city that has a strategy that looks anything like this. I mean, I think this is unusually broad. So it it covers, you know, not just one of the topics that these things tend to cover are things like the city's own use of AI or related technologies um, at agencies. That's sort of, it's very important, obviously, but that's only one aspect of the strategy. We also talk about things like education, workforce development, um, but also the city ecosystem as a whole. So we also looked at the private sector, the role of universities, companies, venture capital, uh, jobs, things like things like that. And I'm, I'm not aware of any strategy that tries to sort of look at all of those things together. I mean, New York City is such a big city. It, it in many ways, is more akin to a, a national government of a place like a I'd say a Finland or something than perhaps uh, any other city in the, in the country. It may bear more similarities in some ways to some of those uh, nation states. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, I'm a New Yorker. I grew up here and, uh, you know, working for the city government really opened my eyes to certain aspects of how just the sheer scale of the city government and the city itself. So just to, you know, give people some context here are like a couple of statistics that I thought were interesting. So first of all, New York City is the it's the fourth largest government in the country. So there are tens of thousands of governments, including, you know, city governments and, and counties and states and so on. So the federal government is obviously the largest, but New York City is the fourth largest with around uh, 330,000 employees. The city budget hovers around uh, $100 billion. And the gross metropolitan product, so the size of the economy is, uh, it's around 8% of the U.S. economy and would float around, I think, the 12th largest economy in the world. It's extremely, there's around 9 million people in the city. They speak around 200 languages. The city has 12, um, I believe, official languages in some sense, in the sense that, uh, you know, important information like school admissions, public health information, things like that are translated into 12 different languages. And you can call the city, get telephonic interpretation in a hundred languages. So it's actually a very international place. And a lot of time is spent on international type issues um, as, a, as a result of that. So the, the scale is just extremely large. And uh, you're absolutely right that um, some of the issues that are faced partly because of just the, the scale of the population and, and other reasons uh, are more akin to non-city governments. So you do, you know, suggest that there are a couple of areas that you say are outside of the domain of this strategy. One, of course, is looking at uh, military applications, uh, international policy issues. Um, and then you say also, you know, policy related to large consumer Internet platforms, which, you know, I mean, Facebook, Amazon. Yeah. yeah. This is where most people living in New York City encounter artificial intelligence on a day to day basis, I would argue. Why did you make the decision to put those outside the purview of the report? Sure. I mean, I'm not entirely sure that's true, first of all, in terms of how they're they're encountering it. That's one place, but I actually think uh, there's a couple of things I might say about that. So, for, so first of all, one of the things we wanted to do in the report is really emphasize the, the broad range of applications and issues related to this topic, a lot of which are often sort of overlooked or, or underappreciated. And people spend a tremendous amount of time talking about Facebook. It's an important topic, but it's not the, it's not the only topic. There are a lot of other things in, in consumer finance and employment and workforce um, that affect people in New York as well. So for example, if you're a driver for a ride-sharing service, you're encountering AI in a very different way than something like 
like Facebook um, through things like the dispatch and payment algorithms. Um, so there are actually quite a lot of other things that uh, affect people. And I hope the appropriate amount of time is spent on topic like Facebook, especially for the city. Second thing is it's a jurisdictional question where, you know, is the city going to do anything about Facebook, which is a, you know, international company. It's really sort of a more, more appropriate conversation to have at the, at the national or international kind of uh, level. And then the last thing is that the, the document's quite long, <laughs> as, as anyone will see if, if they take a look at it. And, you know, you just have to make some decisions somewhere. Absolutely. Now, I appreciate the, uh, the jurisdictional, you know, kind of, kind of claim. I want to talk about a couple of the sort of specific examples that you give about how AI may play a role. And you know, one that I, I, I thought was interesting was around the Taxi and Limousine Commission, which the report says, you know, at first glance may seem relatively traditional, but AI potentially arises uh, in policymaking about, about taxis. Um, take us through that a little bit. How does the TLC intersect with AI? Yeah. So I want to be a little bit careful here because I don't want to, I mean, generally the way we do this is that, you know, I, I wouldn't comment on behalf of you know the work of any other particular agency, so I don't want to go into too much detail about the TLC specifically, but just sort of in general, there are a lot of ways that AI may intersect with the work of any agency. Um, some of it might be applications, which again people spend a lot of time thinking about, but there are lots of others. So one of the most important things that city agencies do is public engagement um, and educating the public, workers, businesses. On, on various topics in their in their interest, and that might involve, you know, the example that I just gave. That if you're um, an Uber driver, Lyft driver, whatever, um, you're interacting with AI in all kinds of different ways, and it may be worthwhile for the city government to play a role in educating them about what's going on there and what their what their rights are, and and so on and so forth. So that's a sort of a public engagement and education effort. There's data partnerships. There's uh, there's policy and regulatory questions. There's applications. There's a very broad range of ways in which AI may intersect with the work of of an agency. And that was, again, a a thing that we were trying to emphasize in the report that, you know, not to get, not to go down sort of a rabbit hole of thinking of this only as some actual AI algorithm that's necessarily being used at an agency for some purpose. You know, there are also a couple of other elements in here around uh, how AI may be used in context related to environment and, you know, related to the kind of urban landscape more generally, um, how, how does that sort of thing play into your imagination about how AI, how AI may be applied in New York? I mean, obviously, climate change is a very important topic. It's important everywhere. And it's a, it's a you know, major focus in, in New York City. Some of the offices, actually, that we consulted as part of the report are, for example, there's a mayor's office of climate resiliency. There's a mayor's office of climate and sustainability. We talked to these sorts of climate offices as, as well as part of this engagement. And in the report, we sort of try to highlight a number of different case studies of here are different sort of qualitatively different types of applications of AI within the city, and they may serve as templates for different sorts of projects. So one of the projects that we highlight in the report is from an agency called New York City Cyber Command. This is the city's cyber defense arm. And they have you know, very large scale real-time machine learning systems that are operating the city's network infrastructure essentially to detect 
anomalous behavior, intrusions, and, and things like that. So that's really sort of a, a, an infrastructural application that's used on things like network switches and things like that. So, so the way they went about doing that project and what it's used for could be a good model for other um, environmental and climate applications uh, as well. So that's that's the example there. Uh, in the case of something like Cyber Command, it's really divorced from people and communities. It is really just running on you know network equipment. Um, in the case of environmental issues like climate, uh, obviously one has to be more careful because even though you're dealing with infrastructure, um, it can interact with communities in, in various ways. So it's not quite as clean cut an application, but some of these applications that are a little bit more infrastructural can be less fraught with some of the ethical concerns that have you know, gained a lot of attention in recent years, which is another reason why they're you know, potentially a, a useful place to look. I do just want to ask you, there, there are not a lot of mentions in this report of uh, law enforcement, NYPD, um, just a handful. There are some oblique references to kind of concerns about the use of artificial intelligence in law enforcement. Uh, one particular a section of the report refers to concerns about the broader context in which AI systems might be deployed, if the concepts motivating uh, system even makes sense, broader societal concerns. And I, I this is uh, actually footnoting a, a paper on concerns about police use of artificial intelligence. How did that kind of play into the report? How did you feel you, you took on those concerns? Yeah, so it's an important question. So I, I would say we wanted to strike, a, I mean, this has been a very controversial topic, frankly, um, for a number of years. And we didn't want, we wanted to sort of acknowledge the broader issues and conversation about this and not shy away from that, that there has been uh, controversy, there has been, you know, uh, a lot of pushback, but also not to, you know, let that overtake the report. I mean, I think that sort of the, the emphasis on, on law enforcement in the context of AI has actually distracted, you know, all of us you know, to an extent from uh, focusing on a lot of other issues that also impact people in a very serious uh, way. So we wanted to take the opportunity to, you know, acknowledge that there are some debates about that that will be ongoing, but also to highlight different work that people may not have been thinking about as much um, because we thought that was sort of more valuable uh, role for a report like this. Um, one of the case studies that I mentioned actually goes into some significant detail about criminal justice. So uh, that's not uh, New York City Police Department, but it is part of the New York City criminal justice system. So I wouldn't say that it's sort of uh, only oblique. Um, the, the report goes into quite a lot of detail about how um, a project involving pretrial release assessment was done. And it was done, you know, extremely carefully and uh, with an explicit attempt to uh, address a lot of the policy questions around the criminal justice system that people have been uh, concerned about, like uh, use of jail um, and also uh, things like racial disparities. So there is an example in there that I think people would find uh, interesting that is discussed at some, some length. But essentially, you know, we wanted to highlight things that are a little bit less known. And also, this is intended to be a foundational document that is, is really about how to think about these, these kinds of problems in general. It does not set out policy uh, of the city for any topic, whether it is law enforcement, transportation, health. I mean, those are, those are all complicated areas that this report can 
lay a foundation for, but uh, this isn't the vehicle to actually set policy in any particular uh, domain. That's just sort of not the role of, of a report of this type. So one of the areas where you do sort of see a approach that could be useful across the entire city is around uh, data strategy. I found that interesting. Of course, you know, all artificial intelligence is only as good as the data it's trained on. Um, so this idea of a, a citywide data strategy uh, comes up in the report. Yeah, so we, we wanted to sort of, there's actually a thing that comes up in the, the private sector all the time as well, that, I mean, AI has become this sort of buzzword. People are very excited about AI and machine learning. And so they want to you know, bring in machine learning people and data science people and do something or the other. But this really, this kind of work cannot be done without prerequisite work in the actual data infrastructure. So if, you, if you're a company and you get a bunch of AI PhDs, but your data is not in a form that you can do the AI on, then you're going to be stuck. And I, you know, I don't want to name any specific companies, but very large, sophisticated companies have done this all the time, and I've encountered this frequently. It's the same issue for the for the city that the city is very large. You know, it's a it's an old institution. Um, it's very decentralized. There's a lot of data in a lot of different places, and really paying very careful attention to two things. One is sort of the the sort of engineering aspects of data infrastructure. How do you how do you access data? How is it stored? Um, how can you do analysis on it? Um, that is really critical. But also really paying attention because you know the report spends a, a lot of time talking about um, you know ethical concerns in in artificial intelligence systems. That that really thinking holistically about exactly how the data was collected. Um, you know, how forms are designed, all of these sorts of things can have significant effects, even for getting an AI, any kind of even more casual analysis that one might do, it can really affect the outcome. And we wanted to highlight that as well, that this is not sort of the most fun topic. Um, it's sort of boring and wonky, but it, it really plays an enormous role in both the sort of practical ability to do any kind of uh, AI application, but it is also really critical to making sure that things are done in an ethical and responsible way. I'll just give one concrete example. So one is the, the digital divide. So 40% of New York City um, does not have sufficient access to the internet, okay? So I think the, the numbers are that 18% lacks access to um, both home and mobile broadband. This is you know well over a million people. Then there's some breakdown uh, in the remaining uh, the remaining remaining part of that forty percent that has either mobile or home, but not both. And you know they need to have both. This is something that our office spends a, a lot of time on through something called the the New York City Internet Master Plan. But this kind of issue is very relevant for AI applications and also other kinds of even just very basic data analysis work that the city might do. Because if you if you only offer a certain kind of survey or form in a digital fashion, in, you know, online or an app or, or something like that, there are a huge number of people you are not going to be able to pick up. Um, so the data will not be representative and you will lead, you will get sort of unfair, unethical, irresponsible kinds of outcomes. So this is a thing that, you know, people really need to think about. And that was, a, um, you know, something that we wanted to highlight in this report as well. Well, I was going to ask you actually one of the last couple of questions I had. One of the things I find whenever I look at anything to do with technology in New York City is I find out about something I didn't know. I didn't know the city was doing. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know about this particular part of the city or what have you. Is there is there something that stands out for you that you found out about in the course of doing this report that just really you know sticks in your mind? 
the, the report tries to be very concrete. I mean, I think con- you know conversations about AI and you know government reports can often just be these sort of woolly, high-level principles that you know it sounds good, but you know what are we really talking about here? So uh, we're really trying to not do that uh, in this case and just give a ton of concrete examples of work that is already going on here, and we even feature often not New York City thing to do, but we you know, feature work that's going on in other cities that we think, you know, we could learn from like uh, like Austin, Texas, and, and so on. So I would encourage people to sort of look through all of those examples. And, you know, to your earlier question about things like law enforcement, the, go- the goal of this is really to, to highlight a lot of things that people that are a bit less known and that people are not thinking about as, as much, as opposed to topics that are, you know, extremely prominent. Everyone is talking about them already. And, you know, it spends a little bit less time on on those things, except where, you know, we feel um, a reason to take a stand. So some of the things that I think are really interesting are how many different parts of the city that you wouldn't expect are thinking about AI. So there is a, we, you know, we try to map out, there's, a, there's, some, there's some diagrams in the middle of the, of the report um, that try to map out, here are dozens of different city agencies and how they relate to the topic. And this is sort of where they are in the organizational chart of the city. So I think that's a a super thing and just a super interesting thing that just sort of shows the the breadth of the city's work in this and how spread out it is. That's sort of an an overall thing. And then some of the specific applications. So I think the the project by the mayor's office of criminal justice, the criminal justice example that I gave before, I think the way they went about that project was so careful. uh, That I think was uh, really an interesting thing to see, both from sort of a technical methodology point of view, but also taking into account the interaction between computers and people, uh, the people who are ultimately going to sort of read the output of a system, the, the emphasis on the potential for technologies like this to play a role in, in social policy goals, and also the importance of partnerships. So I, you know, the, the report places a lot of emphasis on that the city cannot do this alone. It does not have the capacity. It's not going to have technical capacity in every single situation to do this properly. And also for just sort of proper governance and oversight, it's really important to engage with uh, outside stakeholders, academic researchers, and so on, because these are often uh, research questions that are really being tackled, which is an unusual thing for this sort of institution to have to to do. Um, There's a program called Town and Gown in the Department of Design and Construction. So it's in a sort of weird department, um, but it actually has nothing to do with design and construction specifically or the built environment. Um, It's really sort of a a master legal document that can be used for academic procurement and academic partnerships by uh, anyone across the city. So there are just lots of pockets of work that are going on that are not all connected to the topic of AI directly yet, but really can be built upon. So we try to feature a lot of other people's work through the report. And those are a couple of the things that I think are, are, are particularly interesting. There are lots of partnership programs, talent programs, the tech talent pipeline does a lot of stuff. But the diagrams that I mentioned about mapping out where this is all going on um, in the city government and also in outside institutions like universities, uh, I think gives a good sense of the breadth of the work. Two, two last questions and both about what's next. I mean, first, of course, we're about to have a new mayor in New York City. How will this strategy or this work continue in a new administration, in the Adams administration? Um, and then, you know, what's next for you? What's next for, uh, for you now that you've got this project put away? I obviously can't speak for the, um, the Adams administration. I mean, the report was written 
with the understanding that this was the sort of late stages of the of the current administration. So it tries to not lock in exactly what the next steps should be in a, in a sort of very, very concrete way. So one could build on this report and its framework, but, uh, but the Adam, Adams administration would have significant leeway to make the decisions that they should make about what their priorities are in uh, the sort of five different theme areas that we laid out. So those, those were sort of data infrastructure, actual applications, policymaking, academic and other partnerships, business education, and workforce. So we sort of highlight a, a number of opportunities, but kind of leave it a little bit more open as to, um, you know, what the next administration's decisions about some of those things uh, would be, which we think is appropriate. The main thing that uh, I'm focused on currently is really things like this. So sort of um, having conversations with people now that the report is actually out, getting more feedback, doing doing public engagement, and uh, figuring out a plan for next steps. One thing I would I would highlight is that there is the report is really intended to be educational, not just for people in in New York City, um, but also elsewhere. So it's really three of the most important things about the report. One is just sort of the general structure of it, and how we identified these sort of five areas to think about this topic and any government or institution really need to think about all of those things at once. Excessive focus on any one, you know, could lead to a a bad outcome. So we think that the sort of the structure of the document um, is a helpful conceptual framework. Um, The second is really being concrete and detailed and, you know, getting past this these sort of woolly high-level principles, um, which is why we, you know, highlighted a lot of concrete examples and, you know, are, are you know, quite blunt about a lot of that. And the third is uh, that we wanted to provide just sort of general background about what AI is, because a lot of these um, topics are being discussed by people who, who frankly are not grounded in the technical and other fields policy details. Uh, so there is a supplement in the strategy that we're calling the AI primer. Um, it's supplement A, but we're also releasing it as a separate PDF, separate document. Uh, that document has nothing to do with New York City. It is just a document about AI in general. We hope that that's a useful artifact for a lot of different people in a lot of different organizations, um, things where they can point to you know, a particular explanation of a, of a thing in AI that they need to explain to you know, leadership, to guide their own policy work, to guide their implementation work, and just to sort of uh, learn more about the topic. So that that document is just sort of a general primer on on AI that both talks about the project lifecycle of how do you actually build AI systems, where do the where do these different pieces come in, where does the data come in, um, what's the role of modeling assumptions, where can things go wrong, and then a lot of the ethical policy and governance questions around you know accountability, transparency fairness, which has been a major topic, privacy, cybersecurity, and and, um, and other things. We hope that's a, a useful resource for a lot of people separate from the you know New York City-specific parts of the strategy itself. Neil, I appreciate you coming and speaking to me about this, and we'll see how the strategy plays out in the years to come. Thanks a lot. That's it for this episode. I hope you'll send us your feedback. You can write to me at justin at techpolicy.press or find us on Twitter at techpolicypress. Thanks to my co-founder, Brian Jones. Thanks to our panelists. And thank you for listening.
Marcy Press.